Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, baby, it's the Champions League final. And I'm Graham. Hello, Groovers. Welcome to our compilation show. Just ahead of this week's All English. Didn't we say that for the Europa League last week? All English Champions League Cup final in Madrid. Here's some of our fantastic guests reflecting on their experiences of the final of this wonderful competition. We begin with Liverpool and a section from a big interview I did with James Milner in December 2018. He reflected on the pain of last year's Champions League final defeat to Real Madrid, but also how much Liverpool learned and will now take into this weekend in the Spanish capital. Jimmy Carragher then takes us into the halftime dressing room at Istanbul in 2005 with the ecstasy of that famous Liverpool victory. The agonies are powerfully conveyed by ex-Manchester United midfielder Darren Fletcher, who was wrongfully suspended from the 2009 Champions League final against Barcelona. And Graham Souness then regales us with extraordinary tales of Liverpool's European Cup finals, including 1981 in Paris, when he left the Parc des Princes in the back of a police van. Finally, Paul Clement experienced Champions League success as Carlo Ancelotti's assistant at Real Madrid in the 2014 final. Sergio Ramos' 93rd minute header against Atletico Madrid, extra time. Do you remember? Let Paul be your guide for that historic night in this historic compilation show. I'd rather be looking ahead to positive things because I have quite widely tipped Liverpool, in my opinion, as very prominent um, chances to win the Champions League this season because I see progression, I see experience. I've seen it in groups of players before that when you go the course, very often it, it, it brings a maturity and a desire, a learning that takes you onwards. Rather than pinpoint that, because there's two quite interesting games coming up, what do you and what has the group taken from that final last season? Because getting there was stupendous. Um, it was an extraordinary watch from a distance some brilliant football, lots of passion and then what seemed like a jinxed night more or less but you haven't come this far in your life or your career without drawing something from pain so what do you take from that experience? You take pain from it like I said that's one that that and the Europa League for me is two massive regrets and disappointments in my career but you take from that the drive and wanting to put that right and go again. I think the team belief that they should have taken from that, 
the experience. You know, you say you have experienced players and players who have won trophies and stuff like that, but it's different when you go into another team and, and you're in it together. So getting to finals as a group of players together with that manager and as a as group of players, that can only stand you in good stead. I think, again, the belief of the teams we beat along the way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that wasn't the problem before even, you know, like I said before, we were played in phases and I think over the last three years you've seen us develop, be more consistent and we always felt like on a night, one night we could beat anyone yeah. uh, on our day. But I think even this season, you know, we've got our results, a couple of poor results, but mostly played pretty well. But not like we know we can and I think few people have said that and we have got another gear which is the pleasing side and, and maybe a steely toughness that we've added to our to our game that we can get those results from you know, you're not quite playing at your top level and it's a long, long season, we know that. So coming into this period now, December, with all these games coming up, the league table always looks a lot different before and after and um you know, I think we're looking as is it the most successful start to a Premier League season or joint or something like yeah, that yeah, to yeah. be in that position and people still looking at a season and us within the dressing room think well we can improve there we can improve this we can do this better that's a massive massive thing to have I think if you're in the position we're in and you've had a great start to the season but you know you're playing as well as you can be you know where, where do you go from that so mm-hmm. I think the fact that we know we can improve is very, very positive and something that we want to keep doing on this journey that we've been on and hopefully we can keep progressing like we have done over the two or three years since the manager's been here. What did you see in Ramadid that night? Let's take the Ramos Salah out of it and forget it and and let's leave the keeper out of it. What did you see in them? That experience and knowing how to win, I think that that was what people were talking about before, that experience of being at finals, but you know, arguably, maybe we've taken some of that and, and put it into ourselves the start of this season. Mm. Find a way to win. Yeah. You know, things aren't going well. You know, I think first 25 minutes, half an hour, whatever, I think, I think we were probably the better team. I think when we got the equaliser, our tails were up, we were pressing all over the field. You know, I think at that moment in time, if you asked me who was going to win, I'd have said us. And then obviously there's this, a moment of brilliance, arguably one of the greatest goals in Europe and final ever. I would, I would say, be yeah, biased. It's an extraordinary. Uh, the fact it didn't get anywhere in the voting. For Can you understand that? No, I mean, obviously, people who are doing it don't understand football. But you know, Ronaldo's bicycle kick was amazing as well. But I think you put into it the context in a to, final to, to, to change the game of a European final to do that, having just come off the bench to, to even just have it because the, you know there's no element to, 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 to attempt it, yeah. To, 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 to re- I know what Marcelo's going to yeah. do. I know what I can do with it. I mean, it's, it's yeah, I mean, you've got a half a second to decide to do it yeah. and then do it, and then from that point, obviously, there's only one team that looked like to win it, unfortunately, and, and I think we can take a lot from the fact that to go down in a final like that and keep keep going mm. and, and get back into the game it says a lot about our side as well but from their side it shows that experience that, that know-how and, and, and winning trophies and being used to it and I think wait we just need to get over the line in one here you've seen the teams progressing we've seen them I've, getting better and better I yeah. think when I was at City the first one was important the FA Cup once we had that you had that belief we, we know we can win trophies and you know you go on to win the, win the league the next year before your story at Liverpool ends out that you're lifting a trophy and enjoying doing so. Thank you very much. At 3-3, can you remember what you were worried about, that what Milan had? Yeah, about them scoring another goal. It's strange, the mentality of football. You go from 3-1, 3-2, and you think, we've got to get a goal. As soon as you go 3-3, something comes, you think, oh, we've got something to lose now. Hmm. You have that mentality. It's like when a team are winning 
between another half time. Why did the other team always come back into the game or put you under pressure? It just, it just, it just happens. It's just, it's just the way it was. But I think what we put into those six minutes or the start of the second half, I think eventually sort of took its toll on us. And we were playing against a team who were far better than us, far better than us. And then they changed it round a bit. Rafa had to change it round a bit. Sergio came on on the left because we had Smyser, who was a number ten, if you like, playing right wing back. That's how the team had to be set up second half. Stevie went there then. So I think certainly in extra time we were thinking penalties. If, if we get to penalties, we've, we've won the lottery. You know, we've we've come back from three 0 down. We're three three. We're hanging on against the best side in Europe, and it took everything. We had me making tackles, Jersey making unbelievable saves, Shevchenko missing him, an absolute sitter. But no, towards the end there it was, it was get to extra time penalties. Before we start the tape, I told you that one of my favourite Monday night football discussions was you and Gary, September twenty thirteen, talking about David Luiz. Chelsea have just lost to Everton. Mm. And there's a really good philosophical debate about what should a defender in the Premier League do? Should he defend? Can he come forward? Names like Baresi and PK are mentioned. It's a right good debate. Mm. But you're quite staunch about defenders defend. Mm. And defenders, you know, you shouldn't be one-on-one or going on a run or whatever. When the penalty was called in Istanbul, where were you on the pitch? I was on the edge of the box. I was in the box. You were? <laughs> I was a right centre-back stepping out with the ball, football and centre-back. Stepping out or driving right to the opposition box and sending up a nice little ball to Milan Barros, no? Yeah, yeah, that's in a back three, stepping out. What Slightly different. But yeah, I think I played the the ball into something. Did I get one, two? I I think I played the ball, stepped out and played, and and did Barros flick it round the corner for Stevie? Yeah. You play the ball from about eight metres outside the penalty box, right in the Barros' feet, who lays it off to Stevie. Before the tackle's gone in, there's a hand. Yeah, 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 I'm there. I'm trying to get someone sent off, I think. What possessed you? I think, as I've knocked it into Barros, you know what, I think a lot of the, you're playing then, as I said before, on emotion. I'm not saying it was the wrong thing to do, stepping in. But the way we were playing, it was just like, so we're 3-2. So this is for the penalty to make it 3-3. So what I'm saying is, in them two minutes, everyone's just like, right, give me the ball. You're bashing you're actually looking for the ball. I'm, I think I'm looking for the ball back off Barros. That's why I carry on my run. And he goes the, I go one way and Stevie goes the other. And he flicks it around the corner to Steve. So I think I just carry on my momentum. You'd have hit it. Oh, If, if yeah. he'd laid it. Yeah. Top, st- top, top right now. or top left? It'd still be going where the <laughs> Serginho's penalty went, I think, in the shootout. But uh, no, I think you get caught up again with the emotion, the crowd. I'm not saying it was the wrong thing to do, but... More often than not, it's not something I would have done. But it's something you used to do as a kid, you know, you'd eight on your back at school, you mm. played striker, then you played creative midfield. Mm. You, you were digging into something that you knew you had. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think every footballer, whatever he plays, will always play centre-forward or centre-midfield when he's a kid, you know, for his uh, school team, Sunday team. So it's nice for that to come back in the middle of a European Cup final, those <laughs> memories. It's complete coincidence that you name those two... But I want to ask about something that I suppose, well, if it were me, it would be a painful memory. You were falsely suspended for Rome. They both missed the camp. Now, I think for legitimate bookings, each of them, I was at the Turin game and I was sorry for them, but they were both genuine bookings. Yours wasn't. Yours was a mistake. So Alex called it a tragedy. And I was there the night before the game, impoverished, out with journalists. I was a freelance. I couldn't afford to pay my dinner. I was sitting there moping around. And who should walk along the side of the pavement but Ted Beckham? So he stops and says hello, because we did our ups and downs over the years, but we've become very friendly. And he was like, I'm just walking around Rome to soak this up. You know, this beautiful city, and it's red everywhere. Because, you know, it wasn't just about David for him anymore. It was like, he's 
one of the most passionate United fans ever. So he was just gushing with joy about this. But you had to spend a lot of time on your own wandering around Rome that day because you weren't part of it. What was what were those couple of days like? What do you take from it as a lesson about life or 2009? What does it mean to you now? Yeah, it's massive regret, but I've basically my burning desire, like from a child, was to play in a Champions League final, and I've like three times I've been like I was on the been on the bench twice and never got on the pitch and. Maybe in the final that I definitely would have started, I get the red card, and I've just never quite achieved that. And the, the burning desire and drive that that gave me, though, at United, probably helped me produce good performances and stay there as long mm. as I did in longevity and and things like that. Um, I spoke to my dad very quickly after the game, and he went because there was talk of like getting rescinded and that. He's like, forget about it. He said, get there next year, concentrate on winning the league, and I took him took that on board. In a lot of ways, it, your, your stock gets higher when you miss a game. And I think that's a perfect example of that for me. I know that might sound, but, you know, people, we would have done this or we missed. And sometimes, in a, by default, you become a better player. Mm. And I think that's true because, and even in your times when you're out of the side, when you're ill, you're not being there for a while, you know, people, oh, we missed. You, people remember the good times, don't they? I think that's a, a saying. But even if my stock went higher and the Man United fans... I still, I still would change it to play in that final, yeah. definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. I expect that, aside from that passion to lift the cup and to play in that game and to fulfil a boyhood dream, the, the competitor in you and the analyst in you would have been looking at those two Barcelona sides. I'm leaving Moscow aside now, because effectively, you're a Champions League winner. I might ask you in a minute how you feel about that, but the history books will always say, you know, Dan Fletcher was part of a Champions League winning squad. But analytically, I'm fairly sure you'd have liked to done what Jose was talking about there and set yourself about stopping what Alex said, you know, they'll kill you with your passing and from my humble point of view, even if he listens to this, I think particularly in 2011 he picked the wrong team. You weren't available in 2009 so you couldn't rescind the red card but boy, they got a lot of space in the two games. Now I've followed Alex Ferguson's career closer than he has and to hear Alex Ferguson say after Rome, that goal after nine minutes killed us. And that's the most atypical Alex Ferguson phrase ever. How can an Alex Ferguson team be beaten after nine minutes at 1-0? Mm-hmm. But it was because that team wouldn't really wouldn't give the ball back. And I think both in 2009 and 11, when we, we spoke a lot before Wembley, and I was convinced that you were going to make it and that you would make a difference. I think, genuinely, I thought, maybe you think you're laughing at me now, maybe you think it's not your push to say it, but I think United would have been a damn sight closer to winning it had you been doing what you've just talked about, which was your art of making sure the good players can't play as well as they want to. That must be a separate frustration that you didn't get at. Test yourself against Xavi and Iniesta and Messi at their best and, and maybe beat them. No, I think in 2009, I think it was a big part of our game plan and the way we may not be in there, as I spoke about, being the one to set a tempo mm-hmm. and, and how we beat Arsenal in the semi-finals and how we, you know, we were relentless in pressing and and getting against them and setting a tempo in the match. And um, I personally think we were favourites in that final. I know a lot of people won't believe it, but and going in 2009, I felt like, I think maybe that, not that we didn't respect Barcelona, but there was no fear of Barcelona at that time. And I think that might have ultimately helped us go in and win the match. They weren't regarded as the great team as they were. They were on the, they were going towards that. That was almost like the game Agreed. that stamped it. Totally right. And we felt, I felt we would still win the game in without me. And I think the manager speaks about people not following the game plan to the, to the letter. 
and um, we might get away with that in other games but maybe you don't get away with it in Champions League final and he still holds true that the players didn't fulfil what was expected of them or what was asked of them in the game and maybe we did change the style we would play because because I wasn't right in the midfield and I think we did a little bit because we, we didn't really go to relentlessly press them and stop them playing as maybe we should have or could have I regret it because I feel like I could have made a difference. Yeah. I know people laugh at that. No, I asked you the question and I'm yeah. saying it sincerely. Yeah. It's not praise because we're sitting no. across the table. I think if somebody can't see that, they don't watch football very well. Mm. Not just because of what you did or what Man United played like, but what Barcelona don't like. All right, we, neither of us can say you'd have won the game, you wouldn't have won no. the game. But if you even look at how the first goal comes and the amount of room that a 60% fit Andres Iniesta has to run with the ball before feeding it to Eto. Again, from my point of view. Now, it didn't mean no harm as a freelance journalist in Barcelona for them to win it. So I'm not actually saying I regret it, but it sticks out a mile. Yeah, exactly. And we start the game so well. And, you know, in 2009, I was physically very, very, mm-hmm. you know, par- like powerful and, and box to box and stamina levels were very, very high. I was, you know, I'd started to get a bit of strength and, you know, not being the biggest physique in, in Evan. And I could have I could have done it for 90 minutes, pressed and, and closed down and harried and made it so difficult. And, um, the team was built to play that day. That's how we got to the final. You know, Carlos Tevez, Wayne Rooney. You know, they could run and press all day. We we, we had the capabilities of doing it, but we didn't follow our game plan. And and we start the game very well and should go in the lead. But it's, it's true in the both games. For twenty minutes, we managed to be able to sort of impact the game. But over ninety, we we just couldn't do it. And ultimately. Especially in 2011, they completely dominate and control the game. That's because I don't think I was physically able to no, do it in 2011. I've just come back from my illness, the first bout of it, and looking back, I was very fortunate to even make the bench. I think in your head you think you are, but looking back, I don't think I, I was physically at a point where I could have done what I'd like to have done in that final. We had the mentality which was a bit like how they train a police dog. When you train a police dog, when they train a police dog, the dog never loses. The bad guy has to walk away. You know, he has to back off. So the police dog's always on. And we were a bit like that. We, we were always, the only thing they, they said to us before games, it wasn't, you know, you're playing a team that plays 4-4-2 or be care, worry about. We never mentioned opposition. What they would say is, if you lot are at it today, there's nothing for anyone. Nothing for any of them. And that included a European Cup final against Rome. In Rome. You, you, you've sparked a thought back to the last conversation that you and I had. It was on the telephone. And I think Jamie Redknapp had phoned you to tell you to watch the Paris final against Real Madrid. Yeah. And you re-watched it. And you said to me, we must have been horrible to play against. We were hard to play against. You used a stronger word on yeah. the telephone. Because nobody, we've now established, for anybody who didn't see that football, we've now established, we're talking about some of the all-time great British footballers. We're talking about... An ability to play football which is gorgeous, flowing, swaying, not intelligent, changes that, that of direction. A, that was a not that war night, of attrition. That across, was meaty. Across the board. But that's what I'm getting to. So that nobody should mistake when they listen to this podcast that I'm going to the nitty gritty having forgotten the beauty. But you and the team, there was no messing with you at all. Listen, it's Real Madrid. In Real Madrid, this classy act, what they are now, they were, they've always been like that in my mind. They've always been a, you know, such a special club. But... I mean, they 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 wanted they took us on physically. Mm. They didn't want to make it a game of football. If you watch that game, they were putting themselves about, mm-hmm. and we met fire with fire. And it was a real. You watch some of the tackles; you not you would not get away with them today. And it was the Parc de Prince. The pitch was cutting up. 
the, the, the line, the, you know, the lines, the white lines that were lined. There must have been years and years of this, and the, the, the lines were raised. The ball was bubbling all over the place, which gave you a great excuse for mistimed tackles. <laughs> but it was, if you watch that game, they had, they had some players that could, you know, could. Steelica was, was, a, was he no could, mess uh, they had Camacho. Yeah, he, yeah, was yeah. A, he was a handful. He was, but. There were a few that could all put the foot in. Santiana, Juanito, and, and big old gentle, slow moving Dabosky, who I'm sure wasn't. The one that put his foot in, but I can't remember could him. Play, I had to shut him down. But and they were frightened of us. In the three European Cup finals I played in, Bruges at Wembley, frightened of us, didn't make a game of it. Real Madrid didn't make a game of it. They had a game plan to, to take us on physically. And Rome and Roma, they, they were terrified of us. You see, the, okay. I, I, That's where Liverpool, that was a standing Liverpool had uh-huh. at that time. Can I tell you a little story to end? And this, I was told this because I forgot this story, but I was talking about it. In the last couple of days, I can't think who I was talking to. So this is how the game is different today. We have won the European Cup in Paris. Phil, Neil and I get drug tested. So we have to give a urine sample afterwards. We come out the stadium, it's empty. So there's no one waiting for us. We're just on our own, some part of Paris, and the streets are empty. And if you remember, well, you won't remember, right at that time, there was this uh, English hooligans were running riot. So the, the French police were really up for it. We come out, I'm saying to Neely, we've got a taxi. So we spend 20 minutes trying to flag a taxi down, no one will stop for us. No. So I'm thinking, what are we going to do? So blue lights come, come flashing towards us. I, I jump out and I put my arms up, stop, stop. <laughs> so this van pulls up, and out the back of it, pile four or five or six, riot police, and they've got the batons in their hand. And I've, I've had to go into my pocket and show them my medal, my winner's medal. And asked them if they'd take me back to the hotel we were staying in. It's on the tip of my tongue. So you know, I'm pretending I'm kicking a ball. You're a player, you know, and here's my medal. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. So Phil Neal and I went from the Parc de France back to our hotel, the Meridian it was, in the back of this police van with the blue light flash from these riot police. Can okay, you imagine that happening you, today? No wonder you're laughing now because the modern footballers, and I'm lucky to live some of, near some of the greatest, they're cosseted, they looked after, yeah. they, they, they click their fingers and everything stops. And It, it still seems well, ridiculous just won. Next, but you've been left alone. We've just park. won the biggest competition you can for a club side. <laughs> because <laughs> the boys, but that was Liverpool. I never thought, never thought, up until I, I retold the story, I said four or five days ago, I never thought, well, at the time, that's... Your nose wasn't that deserted. No, that was Liverpool. My lads, get on with it. You wouldn't get treated like that in a pub no. team. If that was happening in a pub team in Linlithgow or something, that, like that, they'd be like, that, oh, lads, at that time, I swear to you, we never thought twice about it. That was get on with it. Who do, you, who do you think you are to think we should spend our time looking after you? Not a chance. That was the way it was. I've been at a couple of European Cup finals that have finished in unbelievably dramatic fashion. Um, at 99 with United in Munich with a club that is pretty strong in your heart because the Chelsea game was just about as unbelievable with Didier Drogba's goal and, and what happened subsequently there's been Liverpool blah blah blah, blah. so where was your mind and your heart and your nerves with about a minute and a half left in Lisbon and you're trailing 1-0 to the enemy well I thought you know time was running out and you know we'd had a couple of chances a couple of half chances and thinking, are you going to get another one? Are you going to get another one? And you're looking up at the clock. My understanding, I don't know if this is true or not, but someone said to me that the Atletico kit man had brought the box out, which I think had the T-shirts in and the caps probably. So, you know, it was getting to that time. People were, you know, some had started to leave the stadium. 
you know, it was getting to that point, 93, five additional minutes. I know Simeone was crazy about there being so many, which, you know, I, I thought it was fair. I thought it was, I, I did think it was fair with the stoppages and the time wasting, you know, for the set plays and the throw-ins. I, I thought it was a fair five. Obviously, after we did score, and Simeone was remonstrating with the referee that was going into it, that he played five, but you know we did score after three. So nearly all games have three added on. So I don't think it was an argument that we'd scored on 94, 95, 96. It was 93. But yeah, obviously, clearly that's late. That's a late. The fat lady is, is warbling and warming up her voice to sing. Yeah. Can you remember the goal? Yeah. I, what I can't remember is how the corner came about. I can't remember that, but I remember, yeah, I remember clearly like Luca's right-footed outswinging corner, and then the ball being quite high, but and then dipping down, and Sergio not actually being up that high himself in terms of the jump, but the connection was was outstanding. And at that period of the game, so I mean, it was right in the bottom corner. You're talking about against Courtois, six five, six six. He's got a massive reach. Anything but where it was and he probably saves it or it's it's going to go wide so it's a sensational moment and I was off <laughs> I was off I get there a bit late I think they were the huddle had almost broke up and they were heading back to the, the kickoff by the time I got down there but you do see me just arrive at the end and by the time I got there it was like come on let's get back out there and let's finish this off were, were you slow getting there because Xavi Alonso pushed you out of the way because Xavi was down there as well he's up and off in his suit isn't he the goal was in and he's he's up over the wall and on the track moving faster than him he's moved all night well, I think I'm right in saying he got another ban for that probably I, I, that ban he got banned doing occasional for doing work that. for UEFA.com I can't comment on that no. so alright let's leave his his foul misdemeanour of running around in joy at a football match mm. aside can I ask you to be frank and say that as soon as it was 1-1 did you kind of know you were going to win because yeah. I think everybody else did yeah we had a really positive feeling at that point there were two things you looked at the Atletico players from the psychological point of view about the conceding a goal at that point that's hard to take <laughs> but also physically yeah. towards the end of the 90 minutes and then going into extra time there were players really fatigued you know, they were dropping with cramp. They had to do the Diego Costa change after eight to ten minutes, so that was one change. Two others, you know, it was, it was difficult for them to see the game out physically. I did have some concerns whether we would be able to, because we did have doubts over Cristiano's fitness, Bale's fitness. Di Maria at one point was down and was thought he'd actually torn his hamstring, but it had just tightened up and... I think the euphoria and the adrenaline just well, got them through it. it. Yeah, but there's, not, there's no fitness like we're going to win because they all looked as if it was day three of the season. Yeah. Once the sec- once the equaliser goes in, yeah. I mean they, they were playing glorious. It was like playing as if it was October. The celebrations in Lisbon. What's winning a Champions League like? Oh, it's it's incredible, and the fact that it was also the it's a famous one as well the 10th Arbeloa said it to me as the next day as we were going to uh, the town hall to meet the mayor he said we've just won the most important trophy in world football and uh, you know I never thought of it like that but I do think about that moment now that he said that to me so 
yeah, great memories of the final, what happened afterwards. I mean, in, in Lisbon, not a lot really apart from the, the great feeling in the dressing room. You're then onto the coach, and then we took the flight straight back to Madrid. So there was no partying. We got, we got back to Madrid and we took the trophy. Oh, trying to get the Sabellas, of course. Yeah, we went from the Bernabeu to Sabellas and incredible well, some, some, I think most people who listen at the beginning of you know what that means. But at least for, as we wind up this interview, this gorgeous interview, explain what that is, what it's like, what it looks like, what Sabellas is in this capital of Spain that we're speaking in now. Tell them what it is. Well, yeah, I mean, you got, we got onto the uh, you know, open-top bus at the stadium and then you go down the main... It's a massive main avenue down in, in Madrid called the Castellana. And uh, that goes to a, a point where there's a statue and then there's the uh, Sabeles and then there's the... I'm not sure what the... It's an iconic structure right in the middle of Madrid. And that's the place where, if you're with Real Madrid, that you go and celebrate the victory. And there's another place, Neptune, Neptune. is Neptune. where Atletico go. Yeah. Just less regularly. <laughs> there were hundreds of thousands of people on the street, and it wasn't. We didn't get to Sabellas till six a.m. And the amount of people on the streets was—it was incredible. That was a fantastic moment. Sergio and Ica took the trophy up onto the platform as a tradition of putting the, the scarf around so Britain, the like, statue. And health and safety wouldn't allow it. <laughs> Because they're quite high up. Yeah, they are. They're I mean, it, they put all the scaffolding up and it, it looked good. All the same. A few speeches, back to the stadium, and then we went off again. And then we reported back the next day, and that's when we visited. We went to the town hall. We went to see the mayor, Puerto del Sol, huge crowds, and then finished off back at the stadium where we presented the trophy to the supporters. 85,000 there, firework display. Sensational. But then... It's gone. Finally. It's oh, what? It finishes. You know, you go off, the players go with their international, you're on, you're on holiday. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a memory, it's a fantastic memory. It's a fleeting moment. You know what, there's so much build-up to it. And I felt this a little bit with the other... I've been fortunate enough to be involved in nine major trophies, and the journey is long and tough and demanding. The victory is euphoric, but it's, it's short-lived because you have to move on quickly because there's another season there's another game there's other trophies to be won but uh, the, these kind of interviews that really sort of bring it back when you start to really think about it and talk about it you know I have my medal which is obviously something very special that will get passed on through the family the club uh, with all the four trophies we won gave us a miniature trophy which is beautiful yeah. and uh, we had a, a lovely watch as well for winning the Champions League so all nice things 